We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast, better known as the Wash Your Hands, Wash Your Butt edition <laughs> of the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, guys? I'm Steve Perhatch, joined always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Ely. Playoff edition football. Everybody's hands clean, their butts good. What's going on? Last I checked, everything's good, man. Everything's good. Yep, literally took a shower right before this, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> That is ideal. That is ideal. So so everybody should be flu-free. Uh, apparently that is running around the Packers locker room, however, so it's promoted some fun stuff and some funny stuff going around there. So that was Devontae Adams telling everybody to make sure to wash your hands and wash your butt. Um, yeah, we don't want it. We don't need any pink guy going around either. So, so yeah, everybody seems to be uh, catching the flu, but at least I feel like at least it's early enough that it should be able to run through everybody's system and they should be good to go for game day. I mean, no lingering concerns from you, right, Dusty? No, I mean, hopefully not. I mean, it is early enough. You don't know what kind of flu it is. And it weakens, and it usually takes a couple of days to get over. But, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's at home. They don't have to travel anywhere, you know, so they're good to go. So I know everybody has talked about this a little bit, but uh, today Mike McCarthy, the new coach of the Dallas Cowboys, it still feels weird to say. Yeah. Um, very weird to say. But he came out and had uh, a few maybe eye-raising comments of – 
he's got to pander to the Cowboy fans and still wants to not be hated by Packer fans, I guess. So, Sarah, let me get your immediate reaction to the fact that uh, Mike McCarthy, when talking about Des Bryant, says, it was a great catch. I can say it now. It wasn't then, technically. Like, come on, man. What's your, uh, I, what's your reaction to this statement? Yeah, I mean, do I hate that he said it? Yes. Am I surprised that he said it? No. I think everyone knew that this question was coming. I saw tweets all about this, and people were like, oh, I hope somebody asked him that. Of course people were going to ask him about that. Um, so it was, I mean, it's whatever. Like you said, he doesn't want to piss off the team that he is now the head coach for, and he doesn't want to piss off all of the Green Bay fans and everyone in that corner so I get it I I mean nothing was too shocking about it it's funny as long as he's seriously deep down inside Mike if you're listening which I know you're not but (laughs) (laughs) um, as long as he does not believe that it was a catch then then I'm good but I mean he has to say what he said Dusty any reaction from you no I mean I get it I, I like that he hedged actually I like that it wasn't just like of course he caught it. What are you guys talking about? Ha, 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 ha. He was like, well, technically, like, I, I, I enjoyed that it was uh, the, the, the Green Bay uh, McCarthy still in there. You know, you, you don't go in your first day on the job in front of everyone and go, no, he dropped it. That's dumb. Why would you think Why would you think he did anything otherwise? Because you got to, like, you got to work in front of these people, you understand. Like, hey, you don't want to piss them off immediately. So I like that he kind of said that, but also hedged. He's like, well, technically not. Like, I... I don't know. It's it was fun. Uh, I had a moment where I was like, "Oh, Mike. Oh, baby, what is you doing?" But uh, nah, he's it's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> oh, baby, what you doing? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if you ever watched Saturday Night Live, my kind of my my reaction was uh, the girl that you don't want to get stuck talking to the party to. Um, if you've ever seen that one, it's just like it's just conflicting thoughts like back and forth of like why would you say that and and don't say that like what is wrong with you <laughs> that was my my initial thing like i understood it but i was also like but but no mike what are you doing they're gonna tear down your sign <laughs> nah man streets forever man streets forever i dude. don't know i don't know i mean i know it'll most likely say it, but if let, let's say he beats Somehow, like they go with a super, they get to the NFC Championship and they're playing the Packers, and his team beats the Packers, and like a couple of years from now, I, I wouldn't put past some drunk idiot to go like knock down the knock the sign down, steal the pole. Like we used to do some dumb stuff in college. I stole some street signs in college, so I wouldn't put it past some drunken idiot to do that in Green Bay. Oh no, I thought you meant like the city. I thought you meant like recommission the street. Like no, yeah, someone someone's absolutely gonna cover that up the very least. I mean, listen, we've got a street sign here that's high street. Everyone's got a high street. That sign never stays up because people are dumb and they steal it. Someone will steal it or someone will cover it up the next time the Cowboys come to town. But it's, I mean, that street sign's, the street sign's always going to be there. You want to recommission it as LaFleur way? I'm okay with that. Nah, he'll get a better street. You respect him for the things that he brought to the city. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it'll stay up for a long time and, and as well it should. Let's see. Uh, we've got the injury report that's out. It's, um, I guess I'd say a little bit longer than normal. We've got some really good news of Brian Belaga clearing the concussion protocol. Uh, so he is a full participant, but had veterans rest. So I don't really know how that works, but cleared the protocol, which is the very important part of it all. Uh, the big shocker that showed up was Kenny Clark did not participate with a back injury. Don't really know too much about this at the minute, um, but. I'm assuming it's not going to be too bad. 
or maybe it's I'm hoping. I'm hoping <laughs> it's not going to be too bad because the yeah. Packers really, uh, really could use him on Sunday. Sean Gary with a shoulder was full participant. Jimmy Graham on veterans rest. Lazard was full participant. Uh, Mercedes Lewis had was limited with veterans rest. Uh, Lindsley was back, full participant. Martinez, full participant. Um, Preston Smith was limited with an ankle, which was new. I hadn't heard that one. Billy Turner with an ankle. Vitaly with a knee, but those guys were all back and limited. Dexter Williams did not participate with an illness, so there you go. The mm. flu popping up. Uh, in the running back group, Jamal Williams was a full participant, and then Tremont had veterans rest. So, not horrible, but just it's it seems like a lot of people are dealing with a little little nicks and knacks and things like that. But um, Sarah, is there anything that's that kind of pops out to you of of note outside of the you know the big ones of Kenny Clark? Nothing too concerning. I think um, the Preston Smith one was a little surprising because I hadn't really seen anything before that and obviously he's one of the key players and is going to be a a key player again this weekend um but other than that not really like you said outside of Kenny Clark I think a lot of them um were just precautionary and I really hope that the Clark injury isn't anything serious and that maybe they're just being cautious with him as well Dusty if you got any feelings no, I, I mean, I hope Clark is is fine, as we all do. He's kind of, to me, the key to stopping everything up front and gener- helping generate that pressure and contain Russell Wilson by kind of doing the doing his pressure thing up the middle. Um, I wrote about that a little bit um, yesterday that came out, kind of about how he got the key to that. And so he stands out. Uh, I mean, I will say just on the positive side, you know, both Vitaly and Williams uh, were out, and so them being back and practicing again I think is, is really, really good. I love the uh, – the pony package, that Jamal Williams, uh, Aaron Jones package, it's a, not quite the same without Jamal in the game. So uh, him practicing and him being back, I think that's that's awesome. And like you said, it's it's longer than I would have thought. The Preston Smith ankle thing is weird, but um, I don't know. Overall, it's for for where they are in the season, pretty good. But also pretty glad they got that by. So let's get it going. It is officially the week of the uh, divisional playoff round. Taking on Seattle, everybody's like jacked up, excited. The tweets are flowing from all Packers fans, like more than usual, I would say. Like it is an overflow of tweetage, uh, to coin a new term, apparently. Um, Sarah, what's going on? Like, where are you? What's your plans for the game? My plans for the game, I will be here in Orlando, and I actually have, well, I usually I invite my neighbor over to watch the games with me. Um, he just likes watching football in general, so I always invite him over. And then we actually have a good buddy of ours who graduated about a year ago, and he lives in Texas, and he's going to be in town, so that'll be really fun. So I think the three of us are going to watch that together and um, hopefully see the Packers win. Um, but it's exciting because usually I either just watch by myself if I'm here in Orlando. If I'm home, I'll watch it with my whole family. Um, every now and then my neighbor watches, but we'll have a little group going on, so that'll be good. And then the national championship for college is the next day. So mm-hmm. a lot of good football going on in that um, 24-hour span. So that'll be cool. Dusty, you uh, looks like you might be making the trek up as well, right? It looks like I may be making the trek up. Yeah, it's still – I'm like 90% sure I'm going. I still got a couple things up in the air. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, my plan is to uh, to be in Lambeau for the game, which – you know, I've been up there for a few games. I've been up there, you know, earlier this year uh, when we went. But I've never been to a playoff game. Uh, and, and one of my a bucket list item is, you know, going to a 
uh, conference championship at Lambeau. Uh, I would just absolutely love that. Uh, short of that, I'll take a divisional game. So uh, this will be my first playoff game. Super, super hype. So uh, it's look, looking good right now, and it's it's looking cold but not below zero. So, you know. I, I think I'll survive. I'm pretty. I'm very very excited about this. Well, I'll say you got you still have all the gear from the last time around. So I mean you should be pretty good to go. Plus I bought boots since the last time. Oh that would so be good. So I'm ready because I did, my toes are the only thing I was cold. So I'm all good now. Way to just make me look really really more boring than I already am, Dusty. Because I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna watch the news with my two friends. And you're like oh I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be there. In person. <laughs> well, it's it, it's kind of a surprise trip. Normally, I would just be watching it with my brothers, and that's that's awesome. Watching it with people who love Green Bay and 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 you know, kind of getting into that spirit. If you can't go to the game, which I don't get a chance to go that often, watching it with friends that is the best way to watch it. That's not lame, Sarah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mine's better, but yours. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Come on now. Dusty, Sarah's gonna be watching with her two. Uh, her two friends, while Dusty's going to be watching with like 75,000 of his closest, uh, nearest and dearest friends. So That's right, all family on that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless you're wearing some uh, some blue and green crap, then uh, kick them out. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so we're going to keep on with our tradition of talking about the Packers' offense and whoever they're playing this week, so versus the Seattle defense. So... Dusty is going to obviously do his deep dive and give you guys way all the information that you need to know about uh, what to look for in the game. So, Sarah, you and I are going to break a few smaller details down, so why don't you go ahead and tell me what the biggest thing you're looking for from the Packers offense versus Seattle defense is this week. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to be looking a little bit at the offense. Um, in general, I think that this game is going to come down to the defense and how – um, they perform, and I truly do believe that. I think Kenny Clark, you know, if he's healthy, and uh, now that's an issue, I think he's going to be huge. So that, you know, the fact that he didn't participate scares me, and I think a lot of other, like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith are going to play big roles in that. But when I did take a look at the offense, um, the one thing I'm looking at is our main guy, number 12, Aaron Rodgers. So there's been a lot of talk about him this season and that, you know, and we talked about this on the last podcast, how I think he, um, he was the second-to-last-rated quarterback in the playoffs, right? Was that correct? That was, a, that was an ESPN ranking, so they, yeah. it was arbitrary, but yes, he was ranked 11th uh, out of 12, and I think Brady was 10th out of 12. Okay, so, I mean, people have been talking, and that has been a narrative all season long, but I think he's going to have a huge role in this game. Um, just looking back at Aaron Rodgers and how he's performed against the Seahawks the last four times that these teams have met um, got me a little excited. So in last year, he was 21 for 30 with 332 yards, two touchdowns, and 128.8 passer rating. Um, in 2018, it was a little lower, but then in 2017, he was 18 for 23 for 246 yards, three touchdowns, and 150.8 passer rating. So there's a lot of stuff to look out there. Over the past four years, he has an average passer rating of like 120. So that was just something interesting. And I think the fact that people are counting him out um, is is really, really dangerous. They're still winning games when they're at 13-3 and three here. And Seattle's defense is 27th in pass defense. So I think if Aaron Rodgers can get hot and he can find a rhythm, that they can totally take advantage of that. 
Um, the only team as far as pressures um, goes with fewer sacks than Seattle's pass rush was the Dolphins this year. So that's obviously not <laughs> the best statistic for them, but it's a great statistic for the Packers. So I think if Aaron Rodgers has time in the pocket, he's able to move around and do what he does best when he's um, mobile at times, that they can really connect. And that's what I'm going to be looking for. And hopefully we see a little more accuracy, a little better decision-making, and um, really just that playoff Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in the past. And I think if we're able to even get a little bit of that or glimpses of that, then the Packers are going to win this game 100%. Hey, Aaron, if you're listening and you have a clean pocket, step into the effing throw. And also, That's all I got. And also make sure your butt is also clean like your Yeah, pocket, and wash your, wash your butt. Yeah, please. Um, please. So, yeah, that would, that would be bad. I am going to be looking for one thing and one thing only, and it actually applies to the offense and the defense, and it's domination from the offensive line and the defensive line. Because if you watch that game that Seattle played against the Eagles – if you didn't get excited for the Packers' defense and the things that they could be doing, uh, watching Fletcher Cox just like go through a, like a knife through hot butter, like oh my god, I was so excited for Kenny Clark and the thoughts of Zadarius Smith being able just to fly around. I know we're supposed to talk about the uh, the offense, but I, that's the, that was one of the things that got me really excited. And apparently, yesterday's show stepped on our toes about talking mm-hmm. about the offense, so I don't care. I don't care. It's the playoffs, and this is what I'm excited about. So. I'm looking at that, but I'm also looking at the Packers' uh, offensive line. Um, there's a stat from – hold on, i got to pull it up, obviously. This is super professional of me not to have it ready to go. Uh, um, but the Seahawks are 32nd in the league in creating pressure, and they will be going up against the number one offensive line in the NFL. Uh, further upon that, if J- Jadavian Clowney, who is obviously their best pass rusher, but he is a little bit dinged up, if he's not a full, full, full 100%, he is responsible for 26.6 of their total pressures. Um, I believe that's 42 for the year. Uh, next closest guy on that team is Jefferson with less than half of that. So if Clowney isn't a full go or if Bakhtiari or Bulaga, whoever's holding him down at the on the ends, um, is kind of neutralizing them, they don't have a lot of guys that will be coming after Rodgers uh, without dialing up a lot of blitzes. So that is the one thing I'm focusing on is the offensive line and how they're going to hold up against that defense because if they can – give Rodgers clean pockets, that's, I mean, that's the most you can ask for because that'll set up the play action. That'll set up exactly the things that LaFleur wants, um, get some guys in some good matchups. And, man, if Aaron Rodgers is accurate, Aaron Rodgers, it could be a really, really good game. So that's what I'm looking for. Dusty, please uh, inform the people and uh, make them all a little bit smarter about Packers football for us. I usually go a little numbers heavy, and I'm not really going to do that today uh, because, I, I don't know, I just didn't have time. Took it up. Uh, and I care about you all deeply, but also I'm tired a lot. So uh, the one thing I did want to start off with was Devontae Adams in Week 17, this is per, uh, Pro Football Focus, had 18 snaps in the slot, which was the highest number of snaps in the slot all season. Um, I've been saying I think these past, like, four to five weeks, they've been kind of gearing up for a little something-something in the playoffs to see what works. That, that to me, says something about, okay, he played his highest number of snaps in the slot there. Uh, and part of that was I think they had their highest number of offensive snaps all season in that Lions game or, or very close to it. Uh, but still, they, they, there's his highest number of snaps in the slot. He's done well out of there. 
I think uh, I think we're going to see some of him there. So that's just something to look out for. And he's typically been in that 20 to 25% range all season. So I imagine we'll see that, maybe a, maybe a tick up, maybe closer to 30%. But uh, just keep an eye out for where Devontae Adams lines up. That's something to watch for. Uh, the other thing I'm going to talk about is I just want to talk about the cover three for a second. You guys want to talk about cover three defense for a second? Boy, I sure do. I, I would sure. love to. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? I think that sounds like a blast. So uh, you're going to hear a lot about uh, cover three this weekend, uh, basically because that's what Seattle has typically run under Pete Carroll. So what exactly does that mean, and, and what can the Packers do from that base? Now, what we've seen so far this year, that's kind of what I want to get into. So anytime you hear, like, the the number, you got the like, cover three, cover two, any of that stuff, just think of the field cut into that many deep zones. So cover three, typically what will happen is you have a single high safety, and then your bound, your boundary corners kind of, usually they'll bail or something at the snap. And so you split the field in the thirds. You got one safety in the middle, and then you get your two guys on the side kind of bailing. So you got your three deep zones. You got three guys, each each responsible for one part of the deep zone. Now, that's it's very simplistic, and there's a whole bunch of variations on that. But that's that's the base of what Seattle runs and the base of what Seattle has run for a very, very long time. So and what we could see from that, in any defense, you've got – there's ways to attack it. There's there's weaknesses within that defense as well. So I think of like cover three. What I always think of is you hear uh, you hear a seam throw or something like that. Typically that's that's somewhere somewhere in between those deep zones. So against cover three, you've got you know a guy playing one boundary, a guy playing another boundary, and a guy in the middle. Well, in between those little weak spots, uh, the, the the seam in between those, you can hit some of that. Another way to attack those, so look for some of these wheel routes that, that Green Bay has done kind of up that seam there as well. A lot of times wheel routes are a good way to kind of go around there, especially these offset wheel routes that you run out of the backfield up the seam because the the, the deep coverage guy is kind of looking somewhere else, so he's kind of drifting away from, from where that is typically going. You can kind of clear the edge. So going along with that as well, something else you could see, I've got an article on Packer Report that's hitting on Friday about this. That's a play that the Niners ran in Week 17 against Seattle. Uh, you can not necessarily confuse, but you can draw that safety off. So I'm, I'm expecting to see a little more. I know a lot of people are upset that Rodgers does not throw to the middle too much, which is not really entirely true, but whatever. I don't expect to see a ton of throws to the middle, more on the boundary. And one of the reasons I think, one of the ways I think they're going to be able to do that is if you take kind of an outside receiver and run him, run him straight up. And, and slant them just a little. Basically, you run in kind of almost a skinny post because you want that uh, you want that boundary corner to pull up, the boundary defender to pull up, and also pay attention to that safety. And then you run something behind him, whether that's a wheel or something else. I think you're going to see some of that. You're going to some of whatever their shot plays. I'm going to guess the vast majority of their shot plays you're going to see on the boundaries and not the, that post over the middle that we've seen with MBS. So. That's just a couple things. Just, just you got your, you got your cover three shell. You got a couple ways the Packers could attack it, and they've run a bunch of that kind of seam wheel stuff this year. So I think we're going to see that, uh, and that that includes that uh, Vitaly, the fullback sale, the the cheese wheel, basically. I expect at least one instance of that where you get kind of the uh, the boundary guy running just a post again, kind of a post in the middle between those two third defenders, and then you run that fullback out of the backfield and wheel it up the field behind him. I expect we're going to see at least that one time. We're going to see a handful of wheels, the shots up the sideline, and something on that boundary to take up that that edge third defender, so you can run something behind him. So. That's that's kind of a couple things I'm looking for, just based on what Seattle has traditionally run. Outstanding. I appreciate the uh, all the nods. See, I'm not going. I'm not going to go negative because it's the playoffs. We want all positive <laughs> energy. That's right. Um, 
We'll see. I mean, we'll see how long that lasts. Because uh, Dusty potentially might be staying the night at my house on Saturday mm-hmm. night, so it'll be interesting. Um, one of us isn't making out of there alive, right, Steve? <laughs> and it is my house. I do know where all I know. I know where all the uh, you know weapons are hidden. I've got like little dart guns and all sorts of stuff all over hands, the house. Steve, these hands. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be. We'll definitely be. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't. Finish, I was going to say something, and then I it played I, in my head, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds really, really." Nope, not going to. Yep, that. I think no. I know where it was going, and I'm glad you stopped. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate you, brother. Well, let's do oh, some score predictions. <laughs> uh, okay, so I am plus two on both of you fools. Um, so. I am looking forward to a Green Bay Packer victory. I am going to be taking the Packers 27, the Seahawks 21. I think there'll be a couple, they'll give up one or two of the bigger plays. I think DK Metcalf may get a big one um, over the top. He might do that. I think, you know, some, a Russell Wilson magician, he kind of pulls some stuff out of his out of his, uh, his butt apparently a lot. Um so I'm hoping that the front four can definitely get the pressure. They can get in there and get the sacks on him. Um, but overall, I'm looking for a Packer victory. So, Dusty, you are plus one on Sarah right now. Okay. So what, uh, well, what do you got? We all know where this is going, man. Yeah, I'm going Packers as well. You know, with the I've seen a lot of the kind of the one-score thoughts, and I get it because both teams have played a lot of one-score games. I'm, I'm bucking that slightly uh, just because I, I do feel like I feel like some of these matchups are going to be really, really good. I am. I think what Metcalf did last week, I think, is a little scary. Uh, but I do think, based on the Packers' defensive line and the Seattle's offensive line, and what the Packers can do offensively if they get clicking, I think this could go fairly well. So I'm going to go a little big. Um, I'm going to say a score of uh, 31-20. Love it, Sarah. Are you going to try to make a game up? I, I feel like I have to. Like I have literally no choice. <sighs> Like, wow. I almost want to give my actual score prediction and then my fake one that I'm doing just cuz at this point I'm going to lose like either way. I mean, you I do don't. you do realize the, re- the repercussions if you actually pick the Seahawks in the playoff game. Okay. I mean, all I, it is is you have to eat Oreos and you're really going to pick Seattle right now? No, I told you already like three times in this podcast. I was like if Green Bay does this this or this, they're going to win. And I believe that they can win, but for the sake of my pride and dignity for this, Ooh, <laughs> for this bet, wow. I I could tie Dusty if I. That's no way to that's no way to win. You don't want to just tie me. What's what's where's the glory, <laughs> man? Yeah, I do. That's less pain on myself, and I can. All like, it means all it means is you're tied for the first loser. Right. Well, that's better than being the only loser. So I have oh to. Just a so, solid point. Solid I point. have to pick Seattle. I don't even want to give a score prediction. Like I just am just gonna say them. Um, but uh, if you do give a score prediction and you get it right, then you time you jump Dusty. True. All right. And you tie and me, I'm and then Dusty's a the big look old. Look what you're, She is so sad. Look what you're making. Look what this has done. Look what this has yeah, done to, to us. Everyone on Twitter hate me because I have to choose against them. <laughs> try to win this bet. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm dragging on. I have to pick the other team. I can't even say it. Yeah, I, I like it. Other team and I'm going to say oh god. 28 24. 
Oof. It's like, give a moment of silence for Sarah picking Seattle. God. You did this. This is on your head, sir. It's on your head. It's not my my fault that you suck at picking games. Yeah, but it's your fault that you made it come down to this. That you're like, oh, we're going to make Sarah pick last, and then she has to choose. You wanted to pick last. You said it gave you a better advantage, and you never took advantage. You should have taken... ah. Not my fault. Not my fault that no, you I suck. shouldn't have taken advantage because then I would have been down even more games than I am right that's now. A good, that's a good point. That's a valid point. Hey, what do you want from me? The Packers went 13-3. and three. I'm Sorry. God, Steve's awful. Are you on my side now, Sarah? Steve is bad. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I just what I would just die if, like... Okay, and now what's your what's your actual score prediction? I actually think that Green Bay is going to win... 34 to 28, but I can't say that, so pretend that I never said that. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Um, Do you? Do you, though? No, I don't, because I'm not going to be eating. We have figured out the most You're going to be eating Oreos anyway, Steve. What do you care, man? It's a valid point. I crushed like a sleeve of the fudge covered Oreos today. So I don't understand. Why doesn't the Why doesn't the winner just eat a sleeve of regular Oreos? Why don't we just do that? Because that's not funny enough to put on the internet. Internet's a cesspool, Steve. I don't know if you know this. Internet's not a good place. Totally aware. We need to pump it up with some good content of Sarah eating Oreos and being like, "Oh, oh God, this is disgusting." That would make me laugh. Just you personally, though. Like, that's it. Yeah, Just you personally. That's enough for me. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm selfish. What do you want from me? Okay. <laughs> Just wanted you to admit it. Oh, yeah. I have no problem admitting that. Uh, final thoughts. Let's go. Dusty, why don't you hit us with uh, everything that you've got for articles, what you're putting out for videos, and anything else you have for us. Yeah, I did mention a couple of them already. Um, so, yesterday, yesterday I had a piece of a Packer report about Looking at, uh, you you mentioned Fletcher Cox, Steve, a couple Fletcher Cox plays. There was a forced fumble and then a pressure that led to an incomplete on third down. And kind of showing showing what he did in that game versus what we've seen from Kenny Clark this year in, in terms of taking away everything else, taking away what Zedaria Smith has done. Just Kenny Clark, what he can he do in the middle base and what we saw happen to them last week. Uh, and so that was, that was fun to write. So that was out yesterday, today, over on Passing Chronicles. Uh, it's tough. Um, this week has been kind of tough on me in a in a very, very good way because uh, all of my stuff I write, I write three articles a week, and they're all retrospectives on the previous game. So it's, you know, I look at a pressure, I look at a ton of passing plays, and I look at one passing play, and I break it down, but it's all, what did the Packers do last week? Well, I still got stuff to write. The Packers didn't play, so I had to make something up. So uh, today over on Passing Chronicles and Cheesehead TV, I looked at all ten of DK Metcalf's targets uh, from this past week to show how Seattle used him, uh, how they used the threat of, of his speed to open stuff up, and then once they started biting on that, used that to uh, to get up over the top. So just a couple things to look out for uh, you know, this this coming weekend as far as what he can do. It's a limited route tree. He's not great at a lot of things. What he's good at, he's very good at. Uh, so just a couple things to look out for this week. And then on Friday, I've got uh, the aforementioned piece on the, the Niners – Niners play with uh, Kyle Juszczyk uh, in Week 17 against the Seahawks, and it's Shanahan, so I felt like that fit pretty well. It's Shanahan, and the floor falls from that tree, and that's something we've seen the Packers run, and it went for, I think, 49 yards that play. So I broke down that play and kind of talked about why that was successful. It, it kind of the same way I was talking about Cover 3 a little earlier. So uh, kind of getting into that a bit more. That was a fun piece. So, yeah, uh, no Packers game to break down, but uh, definitely a fun week for uh, for writing stuff this week. 
Uh, Sarah's going to end uh, the show with her final thoughts, um, so I'm going to do mine quickly. Um, before that all goes down, I want to remind everyone to please like us on um, on iTunes, uh, give us a review, any, anywhere you get your podcast from, any positive reviews are always awesome, so we ple- we appreciate that. But make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. Uh, we always, always appreciate the interactions there. It's always so much fun for us. So please keep it up. And then uh, my final thought is it's a I will say a happy birthday to my daughter who is turning five on Monday. Oh. So hopefully we will be celebrating a, uh, a Packers victory with her. But uh, just a reminder to all those people who go to people's houses for children's birthday party and then uh, go ahead and feel free to raid the liquor cabinet. Uh, just, just watch out. I had to uh, smack a guy's hand a, a couple of weeks ago because he decided that he wanted to cut my uh, almost my last drop of Weller that I have, and I've only had one <laughs> bottle of that. He wanted to cut that with some caffeine-free Diet Coke. Oof. And uh, no, I had to pull him, pull that out of his hand, and give him some of uh, a little bit. Uh, I gave him the Evan Williams, <laughs> the single barrel that somebody recommended to me that was not good. So, you know, just. Be mindful of other people's bourbons. That's what I will tell you. Um, You're supposed to kill a man for that, Steve. I kind of wanted to, but uh, it was one of my wife's friend, wife's friend's husbands. So, so I didn't really know him, so I couldn't really. Okay, tell him, that's so. fair. Um, yeah. So, but I did. I saved the Weller for everybody's uh, yeah education. Hmm. But uh, Sarah, we're gonna we're gonna end with you, Sarah Delilah Keller uh, Kelleher. Please feel free to finish off the uh, podcast for us. Okay, thank you for that introduction. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you're listening to this and whatever time of the day that you're listening to this, I hope you just remember one thing from this podcast and you go about your day or your night remembering the one thing besides Go Pat Go, of course, is just to wash your hands and wash your butt. Go Pat Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.